0: It's
1: a new Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. 2
0: Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now there's a lot to unpack in this particular um, scripture. But I, w- I want us to, to do something real quickly. Um, let's see who I'm going to pick on this morning. I'm going to pick on Stacy. He's, yeah, I've got a term called pick-ownable. You know, some people are just pick-ownable. <laughs> y'all, don't, y'all know any people that are in your life that are just pick-ownable? Uh, Stacy, because his heart is good. So you just pick on him. So Stacy, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. All right. What, what makes Stacy alive? Someone answer, not a quick trick question. What makes him alive? Fellowship. Fellowship with people, okay? What else? What would make what makes him alive? in the truest sense of being alive, what makes him alive? His what? His heart, his brain is functioning. yeah, all of those things. But what what really makes him alive? How many of you know people whose hearts are beating but they're not alive? So what what do I what exactly do I mean by that? His heart is beating, but now, now I'm not talking about his spirit here. I'm just talking about just in the natural. His he, he what what makes him alive though? What does it mean to be alive? What does it mean to be living? Movement, movement? okay? Yeah. yeah, movement. Yes, that, that would be something. What else? What what would what would make him alive? in this in this realm this three dimensional realm what would make him alive you learn this you learn this when you're in like maybe the first second third grade excuse me charisma charisma what excuse me are you speaking aloud in class you should raise your hand what makes him alive what makes you alive what makes you able to engage the three dimensional earth room. Your senses. When did you learn the senses? Third grade. What are the five senses, everyone? Seeing, hearing, tasting, touch, and smell. If we took all of those things away from Stacy, would he be living? His heart is beating. But would he be able to engage, live? Could he live in this three-dimensional earth realm? Could he, could, would, would this mean anything to him? I'm asking. If he, if he was void of hearing, void of sight, void of taste, void of touch, void of smell, could he live living life in this three-dimensional realm? Earth realm. For all intents how? How? I'm asking. How, how is he going to engage in this three-dimensional earth realm if he has not the ability to hear, the ability to smell, the ability to taste, the ability to touch, and the ability to, to what? what See. See. For, for all intents and purposes, he's not living, is he? He might be alive, but he's not living. He's not living. How many of you when you leave today are going to go get some food? Anyone, any certain kind of food? What kind of food are you going to eat? Grass? What, what, what are you going to eat? Chicken. All right, chicken. What else? Macaroni and cheese, someone said. Anything else? So, 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 what, what, what? Fish sticks. Lord have mercy. You might as well go ahead and take, turn off your taste buds then. So, so, when he goes on, part of life is not just that the food gives you energy. Otherwise, we could just take it in a tube, right? It's that we enjoy. I enjoy. I enjoy taste. I enjoy it. I. That's a a level of living for me. I delight in it. You understand what I'm talking about? I delight in that taste. I delight in the smell Even. How many of you, when you smell food, you, you salivate? You smell it. That's living, isn't it? Isn't that life? That's living, right? Touch and all the things that we can touch. All the things we can smell, all the things that we can see. If you've ever been out and you've you've just marvelled at something. I know Mr. Lee and Beverly just came back from um, from the um, Grand Canyon, and and you saw what what you see the the Grand Canyon. You, you visually saw, that was living, wasn't it? They 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 went on a long journey, and they they stopped at the Grand Canyon just so that they could. See, life. There was, there was something they gained by that. And so if we shut all of these things down, he ceases to really live. He may be alive, but he ceases to live. Pastor, where are you going with this message? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you ask, Because... If we don't live by faith, we cease to live in the Spirit. We cease to see in the Spirit. We cease to taste in the Spirit. We cease to, to hear in the Spirit. We cease to touch in the Spirit. And we cease to smell in the Spirit. And what's clogging up our senses in the Spirit oftentimes, faith, is what's going on in this cranial cavity right here. In our mind, in our thoughts, that are zapping away, removing our ability to walk by faith and not by sight, our five senses. That's all we've been talking about for the last little bit in response to renewing of the body. That's what the scriptures are talking about right here when it says, um, put those scriptures back up on the board. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. The veil is taken away by faith. And I'm not talking about by faith as in, oh, we're living by faith, like a word. No, faith means I'm touching something. I'm seeing something. I'm experiencing something in the realm of the Spirit. It's more real than the realm that you can see, touch, smell, taste, and touch and smell, all those other things. It's more real than that. But you never get to engage it unless you learn how to walk by faith. Faith is our sight. Faith is our senses in the realm of the spirit. And that's, what, that's, why, that's why the Bible says, renew your mind. You are alive, but you may not be able to. Enjoy your life, because your spirit is not able to see. And that's why many of us moan and cry and groan and, and worry and all of those other things is because we can't see. We can't see what God has done. because our minds have to be renewed. Let me tell you something, thank you, Stacy. Let me tell you something. We are lacking in nothing. Many times what we try to do is we try to blame something on our past. You know, well, I didn't have this or I didn't have that and I was abused and I didn't grow up with a father and all those things. And God's like, all those who are in Christ are a new creation. Behold, all things have been made new. If you were to walk with God and complain and moan and groan and cry as much as you do, Jesus would tell you, he would look and say, listen, if you're going to continue with me, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to have to cut that stuff out. That's what he would say. He said, because you're with me now. It's an insult to me for you to be longing for the past when you're with me right now. It would be like this. Me and my wife going out on a date, she sees an old boyfriend and begins to long for him. Uh. I'm like, baby, you got me now, and if you don't want me, then you need to go back to the past. But you can't be walking with me and longing for him. Are y'all with me? See, many times we think that that God is in the midst of our moaning and complaining. He is not. He is not, I'm telling you, because he's a right now God. He's a present tense God. He's a present tense reality right now. And when we receive him by faith, now faith is. Now faith is the substance. So we can either be bitter or we can become better. But we can't be both. Do you hear me? You cannot be both. You cannot stay in the past and expect to have something brilliant in the future. You got to say, no, not right now. I'm, I'm right now. I got him right now. He's all I need right now. Enjoy him right now. He is bigger than any circumstance right now. That's good news, isn't it? I said, that's good news. Sometimes we we make our whole existence on something that is already gone by, the past. Like, you know who I am. Yeah, I know who you are in Christ, but I don't want to know who you are in the past. (laughs) If all we ever have is an old testimony... Of all oh, you know, I used to be, and I used to be that, and, 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 and then, then, no, that be, becomes our identity. What I used to be—that's my identity. What I used, to, I'm, I used. To. No, God wants more for us than just have to give a label of you know, well, he used to be this, or he used to be a drug addict, or he used to be a, a gangster, or he used to be a a what a, 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 a philanderer? <laughs> a philanderer. No, we don't have to use those labels anymore. We don't have to have that as our identity anymore. Though it has happened, let's not stay there. Are y'all here? All right, so let's look at some things. Um, Remember, number one, relative to um, uh, changing the way we think because that's the trap. That's what keeps us from being able to sense in the spirit that's what keeps us from being able to enjoy. Now, now if you're okay with that, I'm not. If you're okay with that's all you see right now is all you get, uh, then then this message probably isn't for you. But for those of you that want to live in a in a in a present tense reality of who God is, this message would be for you. So, we said last time continued medita- meditation and reflection. Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 and 9 says, uh meditate upon the word of God day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. Meditate, mutter, ponder, roll it over and over. Roll it over and over. Think about the finished product more than you think about the incomplete product. Right? Go ahead and see the blueprint on your life now as opposed to I'm building on it and I'm stuck right here. No, see, see it. See it. Finish See. See whatever it is that you're looking for, what you're believing God for. Look at it. See it. Roll it over. When you wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning, don't just go back to sleep or worry about something that's going to happen. Think about the goodness of God. Think about the goodness of God. You know, how many of you uh, ever checked out your sleep levels? Your, your, like, how, how uh, often, you know, like, you're, you're, when you go into a deep sleep versus when you're kind of light and versus when you kind of, there's about three different kind of stages you go into when you're sleeping. And, and, and I believe I believe this is but now I'm not a scientist on this and I, I really don't know, to be honest with you. But the rhythm, the rhythm of our life, th- there's a certain time in your, in your night where I think it's fully for recovery. And that's when we go into deep sleep. Like, you don't even know. Somebody come in and stick a knife in you, you wouldn't even know it until you woke up on this side of heaven, on the other side of heaven. You wouldn't know it because it's, it's deep sleep. But then there's those other light, fluffy times when you're just kind of like in the twilight. And that's when God, I believe, says, let me see if I can get their attention for a little minute. But also the devil pokes in around that time too. God said, let's... let's 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 talk let me tell you about who you are let me tell you about your future and you start rolling it around and 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 you just get some wonderful beautiful thoughts and and or you go into battle you war you you fight some things um But it's not a time to roll over and just, oh, my God, just what's going to happen to so-and-so? What's going to happen to us financially? Or, or, you know, what's going to, it's not that, that's not the time. The only reason you'd be wake up with those things on your mind is so that you can fight them. Not so that you can roll them over and over. Not so that you can think on them and think on them and think on them. But so that you can literally change that image. Change that picture. So it says meditate upon the word of God. The second was Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Uh, Joe went over it pretty thoroughly when he was given um, uh, our, our admonition. Think on those things which are good, pure, those things which are of, of, of praiseworthy. If these things be in you, you know, those are the types of things he's telling us to do. Begin to think about, reflect upon. I, I'm convinced that most people do very little deep thinking other than worrying. You know, worrying is simply that. It's just deep thinking about the bad that might happen. Right? Isn't that what worry is? It's just meditating on bad. It's just giving extra thought to bad. It's consider, man, oh, 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 oh. And because of it, it literally physically affects us. It physically affects us when we handle or don't handle anxiety or or anxiousness. That's why God tells don't be anxious for anything. But through prayer and supplication, make your request, make make it known to God. So we really, listen to me, we really should never, ever worry. Because worry will kill you. I suspect that worry has put more people into the grave than cancer has. Now, it may have been a a part of fueling the cancer. It may be a part of fueling the high blood pressure. But it's not sometimes the reason for the the death. The reason for the death might just be worry. Meditating on the bad. But thank God we have the word. Now, Habakkuk. So number one, continue to meditate and reflect on the word of God. Number two, write down the vision. Habakkuk two two, Write the vision and make it plain so those that read it can run with it. Now the beauty for it, if you're not a writer, if you don't like to write, is it's already written. Right? It's already written. All you have to do is open up the word of God. The Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy. Did y'all get that? The the word is a more sure word of prophecy. So we've been looking for somebody to come along and give us me a word. I'm going to get me a word today. And I hope somebody gives me a spoken word. And nothing wrong with that. Thank God for those moments when when there is literally someone reads our mail. But we have a more sure word of prophecy. If I want God to speak to me, guess what I do? Open up his Bible. Open up the Word and start reading it. Read the Bible. A novel thought, isn't it? Read the Bible. You know, I read through um, this morning. I mean, not this morning, but Saturday morning. I read myself happy. I mean, literally, I just read myself happy. I mean, I started out one way and ended another way. By the time I finished reading and it was just reading the word I, I i wouldn't read i wouldn't listen to no tapes or videos or cd's or youtube's or anything else i just read the word i just read it and read it and read it and got happier and happier and more full of joy and more full of joy and by the end of it all i had forgot i'd gotten out of the middle And I was on the the outside looking, looking out and saying, oh, how good you are, God. I'm going to look at you. We should never be trapped by our circumstances, not when we have the opportunity to come outside of them. You don't understand what's going on in my life right now. You don't understand how difficult it is. You don't understand... Just read the word of God and read it over and over again until you find yourself looking outside and looking back at your circumstances. Not being consumed by it. The Bible tells us he will put us in a large place. If you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling like, oh, woe is me, then just take some time and just start reading the word of God for yourself. And you will be amazed at how quickly you come out. Now, that that, that doesn't remain, mean that you will remain there. It means that you just have to keep doing the same thing you did that got you out the first time. Just keep reading the Word. Just keep meditating on the Word. Just, the Word in this Word is the truth. We're looking for something else. Something else is never going to come that's going to ease your pain, ease your circumstances it's out, the truth is in the word of God, why look any further, why go running down the street, talking to this person trying to get up, no, the word is with you, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart the word of faith in which we preach I don't have to go travel 10,000 miles get it, the Bible says it's near you the word is near you Get it off the coffee table, get it out of your computer and beginning to read your salvation. Read about what God says about you and read about your destiny. I mean we should, we should, we should be so adamantly opposed to weakness, to weakness. What about? I'm not saying, what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying that, that, that I should? No, I'm saying that the Bible says when we are weak, we are strong. When we lose sight of ourselves, we are strong. When we put our eyes on God, we are strong. What has complaining ever done for any of us? We, we actually gain allies of complainers. And I want you just bring your, your wagon around my wagon and we will travel together along life's journey. And we rally up and gain allies of all the warriors, all the doomsdayers, and bring them along our path so we can travel down life's highway together. Complaining. We build our tents and build a little circle around and then have a little powwow in the middle and then we just spend the night complaining. You should say never no more. Yeah, never no more. Not, not anymore. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to have circumstances dictate to me who I am and what I am. I don't want to have my past to tell me anymore who I am. Remember, that's all gone. Jesus has given all of us a new reality. I'm telling you the truth, people. We have a new reality now. Doesn't mean that we don't have battles. We do. Doesn't mean that we don't go through stuff. We do. But we have a brand new reality. That we are new creations in Christ. That's who I am. I am a child of God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am set apart, sanctified under God. I am redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I am more than a conqueror. I am delighting myself in the word of God. That's my reality now. And I'm a fight to keep it my reality. It's so easy. It's so easy to go, to flop back to the past. I don't want to go back to the past because I'm not in the past. I am, I am present tense with him. I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's my reality now. And I'm a fight to keep that as my reality. Now, here's how we do it. So when are we going to get to some script? When are we going to get to the new stuff, Pastor? Right now. Turn with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And we're going to read uh, verse 21. James 1, 21. James 1, 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now notice what it did not say. It didn't say anything about saving our what? Our mind or, or saving our what? Our, our, it didn't say anything about saving our what? Have I been so long time with you Saving our what? It didn't say anything about saving our what? And receiving meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. The implanted word is able to save your souls. But but what did it not say? Our bodies, yes. But it's unable to save our spirit. It does save our spirit. Let me get that back. It, it does, but in this particular way, what it's telling us is that once you're born again, You don't need to have your spirit saved ever again. Did you hear me? I said, you don't ever need your spirit saved ever again. You don't ever, ever need to be saved spiritually again. Not once you receive Jesus Christ, but you do need to have your soul saved, don't you? So let me just plug in a little bit of Harriet in here so I can just kind of get more of you. So there was a part when she finally came to freedom. And uh, those of you that saw the movie remember this. She came to freedom, and there was a person on the streets of Philadelphia who was selling apples, a black man who was selling apples. And she was said uh, she was looking for her next place to go, the free slavery, uh, uh, the anti-slavery society. And so the man says, uh, you know, he tells her where she's going, and he says, listen, you are free now. He said, Act like it. No one will ever know you were a slave. Act like it. And she took, he gave her an apple. She took that apple and she changed her posture. And she started walking like this through the streets of Philadelphia. Because she was free now. She had to change. She had to practice what it means to be free. See, she could have went to Philadelphia and maintained the mindset of a slave. And he was telling her, no. He says, you're free now. Now walk like it and no one will ever know. Many of us have to do the very same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You used to be a slave. But that's not your reality anymore. Your reality right now is to become all that God has called you to and go get the other slaves and bring them out. Man, I could watch that movie three, four more times. Probably will. Because it says so much about God's heart. God's heart. So listen to this. It says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That's the past. All right? That's the past. All of that stuff in the past, he says, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your noodle. and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one, this one will be blessed in what he does. That's so much right there. That's so much. That says so much right there. Listen, he says this. He's saying, now, going back to the illustration I just gave you of Harriet. Had she taken the apple and forgot that he said, now walk like it. Let's say she took the apple and said, but I don't feel like it. I, it don't seem that way. I, I'm afraid that they might come after me. I'm afraid that this might not be true. I'm afraid that someone might be looking for me. I better hide. She would have forgotten what he had said. The only way you're going to remember today what you have, are learning here this morning, that you are now responsible for, for whom much is given, much is required. You're responsible for the things you're hearing. That's why they have tests in school. They, they, they have tests. In school, all things being equal, that is, to see if you learn what you have been required to learn in that class. That's what the test is for. I didn't realize that at the time. I wish I'd have known that, what I know now. I wish I I knew someone had told me, George, you're required to know this stuff. You're required to know it. And guess what? Here's how you know it. Here's how it gets into your spirit. Here's how it works, people. I'm about to enlighten you through the Word of God on how you renew your mind so that it it stays. He said, be a doer of the Word of God. Be a doer of the Word of God. This is our our playbook, as it were. This is, we take this out of here and we don't fling it away. We don't throw it away. We don't do any of those things. We, we use it as a manual. It is our playbook. This is how we live our lives. Be a doer of the Word of God. Do the Word. Just leave here today, very simple. Go and do it. Just, just, it, does it come any more simpler than that? Just do it. Just do what God is telling you to do. Just go out and do it. Don't act, even if you don't feel like it, don't even feel like it's working, just do it. Do it. Do it. Listen, uh, Joe mentioned this, and, and, and when we talk about, and this is one thing we don't think about many times in Christendom, because we think everything is final and finite, meaning that, that as far as our, our, our change is concerned. That's why sometimes people harp on just going to heaven. Just, we're going to go to heaven. Well, why should I spend all of our time, why should I spend most of our time talking about going to heaven as, as a pastor? Now, now, the evangelist, that's his role. That's, he, he does that 95% of the time is talking about going to heaven. That's his job. And, and my job is is to receive from his work and and pastor, teach, teach people how to live this life. So everybody's got a role to play. I've got the role of shepherding. In other words, I I don't get to leave the flock. The the, the evangelist gets to leave. He gets to go to another place and and rally the troops and and, uh, uh, get more to come in. A lot of things going on. On, on that note, let me just say this. Um, you know, a lot of, and I'm sure you guys have heard it because you're not living in a vacuum. Um, but the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kanye. Kanye West. Uh, you know what? A lot of people want to know, is he real or is he that or is he whatever? I don't know. But what I do know is that people are coming to Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm not one to determine whether or not he's going to stay the course or he's going to follow. All I know that right now people are coming to Jesus Christ, people that are not going to listen to George Logan necessarily, but they have a relationship with Kanye West. And Kanye, is pre- he is preaching the gospel. He's out there preaching the gospel. So Jesus would say of that, because his disciples came one time and tried to keep him from, from uh, 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 them, other people from spreading. He said, Hey, if they force, then they're not against us. <laughs> That's all he said. If they, if, they, if they are forced and they're not against us, let God deal with the rest of it. Now, if he teaching something that is uh, contrary to the gospel, then yes, we would, we would come out and vocally say that is heresy. But he's just preaching the gospel. Let him preach the gospel, but pray for him. Because the hounds of hell will be on his backside. You better believe that. So we need to pray for him, lift him up. Man, he's, I, we saw something the other day. Guy said, you know, I've never been to church in all my life. Young man, I've never been in the church in all my life. How old was he? 17 years old, never been to church in all of his life. Went to a Sunday service with Kanye and came out of there. Listen to me, came out of there with a re, with uh, with uh, under uh, with a a um what is it uh, a bent. Thank you, a uh, bent towards the gospel. A uh, bent towards the gospel. God can do it any old way he wants to do it. He can take someone that that was out there messing up minds with all kinds of, you know, I listened to a CD and if you listen to it on YouTube, it'll feed right into the next song, you know, so after you go through the whole album, the whole CD, then it'll go into the old stuff and I was like, oh, oh, oh. (laughs) Let me turn that off. I mean, there's some stuff out there, but Paul had some stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Now, y'all, y'all forgive me for getting off on that. I guess it's just there. But let's, just, let's support him in prayer, all right? Let's pray for that man because he's going to need it. But, man, wouldn't it be nice if, the, if someone in their generation comes and proclaims the gospel? Isn't that good? Amen. All right. Let's get back to the message, all right? So, be a doer of the Word of God. Now, a word that we don't use a lot because we think that it is a one stop and you've, you're done. And it's is the word. And Joe used it. I don't know how he got all this, but anyway, he was we were we were we were tracking together. But listen to this: practice. Go out of here and practice. What what is it that you, God is talking to you, speaking to you about? Then go out there and practice. Put. Create situations for you to practice it. You know, um, there was a president, and I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the Thomases, I think, who, who was fearful as a child. So very fearful uh, of lightning, thundering, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not suggesting you do this, but he went and he actually uh, tied himself to a tree during a thunderstorm. Now, I don't know which president it was. Which one? Were you saying? No. Oh. But he tied himself to a tree during a thunderstorm, so that he could get over the fear of thunderstorms. Now, I, I I personally wouldn't suggest that particular practice. Can, does anyone has anyone ever heard that story? Know who which president it? Which pre, you don't know. The, wasn't it a t- somebody with a T in the name? Maybe Truman? Maybe Thomas? Maybe somebody. You know, anyway, it's a true story. It's a true story. But practice, practice. Listen to this. Practice. The word practice means this. Habitual or customary performance or operation. Repeat, repeated performance or systematic exercise for the purpose of acquiring skill or proficiency. Condition arrived by experience or exercise. Practice. 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 How many of you, when you were in school, when you were in um, grade school, high school, college, Postgraduate work that you finally figured it out. Finally figured out how to make good grades. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being very serious. There, there is a way to make good grades. You give yourself a long enough runway, you know, not, not 10 p.m. the night before the exam, right? That's a C and below student there. The A students and the B students, even some of them, they start a long runway. They start working on their stuff weeks before. They start rewriting their notes weeks before. And and having done so, they're almost guaranteed an A through their own effort because they built a long enough runway, a long enough practice run you know, when you're writing a paper, if you're writing a paper, Griffin, if you write a paper the night before, is it gonna be a good grade? Probably not, the best it could be, right? But if you go back a little bit and you practice the paper, and you turn it into the teacher and say, What do you think about this? So this is a mess. All right, well, tell me what's messy about it. Well, boom, 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 boom. All right. Take it back. Make the revisions, take it back to them. Remember, we're still two weeks out. I'm helping you. Ready? Okay. You, you fill it out and you take it to them again and say, say here, what, what do you think? Well, they make a few more revisions. You step back, you do it again. And you go, you got one more week left. So you go back and you show them again. What do you think? And they just go, mm, mm, Okay. You go back. You make the corrections. The day of, you turn in your paper. Teacher just says, A plus. Saves me time now. Because I already know what they've done. Am I right, Miss Teacher? There's a way of making A's in life. There's a way of passing the circumstance, passing the test, and that is through practice. Practice it. Practice it. You're trying to get rid of of some strife in your life? Practice. Practice it. Practice not getting in strife. Because strife will show up anywhere. You know? Just go to the supermarket or the, the grocery store and, 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 and just practice, you know, or go to a restaurant. says, even if the food comes out 45 minutes late, I'm not going to be mad. I am not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset about this. I've got the mind of Christ. The Spirit of God dwells on the inside of me. So I'm going to put myself in positions every day. I'm going to practice what it is I need to overcome as one who has already overcome. So that when I really get into the big situation where I need to pass the big test, I have passed the big test. So we, we, we are desiring change, but we don't want to work at it. I want I to want change. And it's all up in the middle. Yeah, I, I want to change. I, I, I desire change. Well, how badly do you want to change? Remember, Jesus asked the man who was at the, at the pool of Bethesda, he says, uh, Do you want to be healed? And he said, um, Well, I, I don't have no one to put me in the water. Jesus like, I, Did I ask you, do you have anyone to put you in the water? I didn't ask you all of that, did I? Many times we, we use all of our past. We use that, that reference of the past and say, well, well who, who's going to do this for me? Don't worry about it. Do you want to change? Do you want to be better? Do you want to be better? Because if you want to be better, then Jesus is constantly asking us, do you want to be healed? That's what he constantly asks us in his word. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to stop murmuring? Do you want to start complaining? Do you want to always stop thinking that the world is against you and and that you're done and all this kind of stuff? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? Or do you want to just continue slobbering in your your, your, your lazy boy chair, watching life go by, instead of getting up and making a change? Change. Do you want to be well? You always know by their response whether or not they really want to be well. If they offer up excuses, they don't really want to be well. They don't really want to be well. Because, see, let me tell you something. When that man got healed, guess what happened in his life? The man had to go get a job. Are you all with me? If we want to be well, if we truly want to be well, if we truly want to be off of something, if we truly want to be uh, free from something, then that freedom requires now responsibility. We've been living responsibility-free lives when we don't want to be well. I don't have anyone to go get the newspaper for me. You're well now. Go get the newspaper for yourself. I ain't got nobody to cook for me. You're Well, you're well now. Go cook for yourself. Well, I don't have nobody to. Well, you you are well now. You in church. You're hearing the word of God. Don't stay there. You're well. So let me end with these last few things here. In regards to to well, turn to Hebrews eleven six real quick. Put that up for me real quick. Thank you, please. Hebrews eleven six. Familiar scripture. Because if we're going to be well, we got to first of all we got to be a do of the Word of God, and then on top of that scripture we got to do this. We got Hebrews eleven six it says, "But without faith, remember we talk about the senses. Without faith, without the ability to see God, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is." And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Stop right there. He says, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Just must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Everybody stand to your feet. That he is and that he is a rewarder. This is too good for you all to fall asleep on. Seriously, you know how long they stay in school uh, in class in in school? With with minds that are about this long. They have 90-minute classes. 90 minutes. And they're not even giving them the bread of life. Force yourself. To get this, and you get it by being by saying, you know, I, my intent here this morning is to go out and do what I've heard. So He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. First, got to believe that He is. That, that He is a reality, because here's what I want you to know. We do, or don't do, What is real to us. Whatever our reality is. Is what we do. The reason a lot of people don't. Get to the place where they're getting the reward. For diligently seeking him. Is because of the first part. You must believe that he is. He he must be a reality. He must be. You must be conscious of that. We must be conscious. Of the reality of Christ. In our life. He is. He is and conscious of that and when we are, we become doers and when we become doers because we're diligently seeking Him and He rewards our diligence. He is. Tell your neighbor, He is. He is. He's He's not was. He is. He is in our life. He's for real, real. He is a reality. Number two, Doing the Word seals it into our consciousness so that it will become part of our unconsciousness or our unconscious reality. Are you all with me? So if I do it long enough in a conscious state, guess what? It will eventually be a part of my unconscious state. That's how I get it there. Just start practicing. Start doing it. Start doing it. Start doing it start speaking the word. Speaking the word even when it doesn't seem right. When it seems like everything is going to pot. When you seem like everything, you start, you put pressure on your tongue to speak the word of God. You put pressure on your tongue to say what God says about your situation. And if you will do it long enough, it will become out of your conscious mind and into your unconscious part and it will become a reality to you. Pressure. How many times do we do stuff out of pressure? My wife you can sit down now. My wife has to be, uh, uh, she gets up at 6 a.m. Uh, uh, most every morning. And, and she gets up, you know, to go to work, to get ready and prepare herself for work. And, and she spent 10, 12 years, how many years at uh, stay at home? 12? 12 years at stay at home. But when she got a job, she started getting up at 6 How come? I guarantee initially she had to push herself up out of that bed. But now she just rolls out. And I go like this. Mm. <laughs> now y'all know that's not the truth. No, because it's become a part of her unconscious. It was conscious, then it became unconscious. And all of that, walking in love, listen, faith works by love. We, you know why? Because you have to leave, you have to leave the feelings and emotions to really walk in love, don't you? Isn't that the truth? I mean you really, you really have I mean you really have to leave. You gotta really leave your emotions and your feelings to walk in love. And he says, faith works by love. The last one, doing it or doing the word allows us not to forget. What I minister on last Sunday. I'm asking it now that I've gone over all three points. What's what's point number one of renewing the mind? Meditate, reflect on. What's number two? Write it down. And what's number three? Be a doer of the Word of God. So if I were you all, here's what I'd be leaving out here saying today. Meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Write it down. It's already written. I heard him say it's already written. All I really have to do is read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. And then do it. Do it. Write it. Meditate on it. And do it. Here's your last words. Here we go. As we're getting ready to close out. Hear it, see it, do it now. Hear it, see it, do it now. Everybody? Hear it, see it, do it now. What? Hear it, see it, do it. What? Hear it, see it, do it Say what? Hear it, see it, do it now. What? Hear it, see it, do it now. Hear it in the Word of God. See it in the Word of God. Do it now. And if you do that, you'll never forget it. You won't be like the man who looked at himself in the mirror and left and forgot what manner of man he was. If you hear it, see it, do it now. Hear it, see it, do it now. Hear it, see it, do it now now and your lives will change and we change circumstances because they're predicated on other people may not change but we will change we will change
1: you've been listening to the change lives changing lives radio broadcast a ministry of New Day Christian Church please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.